Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. On this episode of Louisiana Sister Squad, we welcome Blanchard, also known as He is Blanchard on Instagram, and more truth that will set you free. Welcome to the show, Blanche. Blanchard, you incorporate more of the scripture now, global agenda, and still trying to touch on social issues and toxic culture. Um, even more so now, getting more focused on those things than even where you were just a few months ago. Um, when it comes to like reflecting on the topics you've covered, all things said, what are you really hoping to shed light on by making these videos? I'm hoping that a person um, looks in the mirror and they realize that it's all their fault. Um, I think that once a person says it's my fault, they empower themselves. You you don't give anyone else power. If it's someone else's fault, and they have power over you. The, the whole black oppressed movement is to say that white people are oppressing black people. Well, that means that your solution rests in what white people are willing to do for you. What if they say no? What are you going to do? So I believe that I want people to realize that it's your fault. It's not white people's fault. It's not the global elite's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not the system's fault. It is your fault because the choices that you've made have got you here to this point. So if I look back on my life, I probably saw the truth a thousand times, just rejected it. I probably said, you know what? This doesn't make that much sense. Just rejected it. I know a lot of times in my life, you know, you think about, I knew my whole life I was supposed to wait till marriage to have sex. But guess what? I wanted to have sex. You know, I knew my whole life that doing these little petty crimes and stuff was wrong and doing this was wrong and doing, guess what? I wanted the money. So at the end of the day, where we are in life and society is a summation of our choices. So it's our fault. So hopefully someone can look in the mirror. I just did a video about the the Zodiac. and everybody's talking about the Zodiac. And I'm like, y'all are missing the point. I don't care about the Zodiac. It's what you use the Zodiac for. I said, the Zodiac could be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Doesn't matter. What are they using it for? Most people use this stuff. I don't care if it's a crystal. I don't care if it's a political party. I don't care if it's sage. I don't care if it's a supplement. I don't care what it is. Most people use these things to circumvent the internal work you have to do. People know what they have to do. Um, One of the greatest stories ever told was the story of Snow White. That evil, wicked queen was looking in the mirror every single day. And that mirror was telling her, you the most fairest of them all. Until one day that mirror looked and the mirror said, wait a minute, it's somebody else. But what the evil queen didn't realize was that Snow White wasn't beautiful because she was her looks. She's beautiful because of her character. If you watch what she did, she took care of it. She put everybody before herself. That's what made her beautiful. The queen was selfish. And so the queen, instead of getting mad with herself, she said, bring me what? What did she want of Snow Snow White? She wanted her heart. So it's the reason why she wanted her heart, because that's who Snow White really was. And the evil queen's heart was wicked. So she feels like if I get rid of her heart, 
that's her competition. She didn't say bring me back her face, cut her head off. She said, I want her heart. So what I'm telling you is that that same story is what folks do every day. They go to the mirror trying to get some confirmation and validation, but then one day the mirror tells you the truth. And when the mirror tells you the truth, most people want to shatter the mirror. They want to break the mirror. So hopefully my videos get people to look at themselves. It ain't Biden's fault. It ain't Trump's fault. It's your fault. You, you are the problem. And once people realize that, then they will be empowered. Because if you're the problem, then guess what? You're also the solution. And you can fix it. So guess what, you all? Stop being cowards. All this is about this is about us being cowards. People are just cowards. You know good and well this stuff with these kids is wrong. You know good and well this snake bite is wrong. You know good and well a man that's the leader of the free world and he can't even complete a sentence. He probably wearing wearing diapers. You know that the president of the free world of the United States cannot be wearing diapers. We know this. He can't have dementia and Alzheimer's. We know this. We know what's wrong. It's elderly abuse. We know this. Why are we acting stupid? So at the end of the day, look in the mirror. Hopefully my videos show you the mirror. Because when I looked in the mirror, I realized that Candace Owens wasn't a sellout. I realized that Donald Trump wasn't lying. But I also realized, guess what? I've been cheating God this whole time. So at the end of the day, these revelations only happen if you examine yourself every single day, not just Monday, also Tuesday, Wednesday, it never stops. So I want us to blame ourselves. It's my fault. So I take responsibility for it. And that's where I'm at in my life. It's my fault. And I'm going to fix it myself. I couldn't agree more. When you talk about examining yourself, I think that um, that you do a good job of delivering that message of like, let's take a look. Like you're showing people, you're revealing to them, like turning the page slowly, reading slowly, like, okay, here are the, here's these things now. What are we going to do about it? And and things like that, um, like Tammy said, like your delivery on a lot of those topics is really good. So um, I think that you're doing uh, an excellent job. And I have noticed, I've been following you for a long time. So I have noticed, um, you know, a definitely a shift in your content, being more focused, being more driven to the point of what it is you want to say. I'm really glad that you got away from talking about um, celebrities so often because I did not care for that because I don't like any of them. But I think that now you realize the importance of just not like unless it's like a really big deal that you feel like everybody's attention is drawn towards like the everyday like celebrity stuff i'm just like it's not important you know you have a bigger message to deliver and i think that you've definitely shifted and stayed a lot more on topic um for those things Nola, you said celebrities well yeah well the, the i only mention celebrities to discredit them you know i don't you know i don't they're all, you know, paid idols. And so most people, they get their morality from celebrities. So they, if you know, they celebrities get on TV and give you the moral, comp, your, your moral compass. Uh, let's care about the environment. Let's care about the, and they all satanic, baby eating monsters. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy that we just look at these people. And I used to do it, think these people were so great, but they're actually despicable. And 
I don't know. I just think folks need to see them in the right light. Like these people are here to lead you all to the slaughter. They're not here to, you know, but I get you. I used to get on Meg the Stallion and, you know, all these people. But again, Meg was a touchy subject for me because people actually canceled me in real life about Meg the Stallion. That's why I was like, y'all got the audacity to cast me behind this charlatan, this fraud. But yeah, but yeah, but I, I get what you're saying though. I think, I mean, I didn't mean to make it sound like when you do bring up celebrities that it's not relevant because you do always come back to, you know, what the point is and it's about their character and about what these, who these people are in real life. And so, and to show people to stop um, worship, you know, idol worshiping and things like that. I And a lot of the people that you would talk about, I'm like, who is this person? And rapper with the distended belly? <laughs> he's pregnant or whatever Lil Nas it it's a it's a prosthetic belly have you all seen that video of the young lady telling white people to to buy black people a ticket to Black Panther and then go go guard the <laughs> go guard the door so they can watch the movie in peace what about that demon that's a really dark skinned demon with the with the purple lipstick that says listen white women <laughs> I just and people keep posting it and like stitching it. Like the white girls on TikTok are on fire. They're like, um, no. I'm like, I can I can be on board with this of people standing up for themselves instead of a bunch of woke people going, yay, yay, queen. Oh, that woman is ugly, nasty. Don't. I'm not gonna. I don't, don't want to see it. But you know what I'm talking about. What do you feel about that woman? She's just one of the hints. So that so she's actually a BLM soldier. That's how they're gonna look. Just you know, like like I said, you know, the weight requirement is two fifty plus, and then you gotta because you gotta be able to push through crowds of people. So, and you gotta be angry. You gotta um, hate men, but but have children by them. You gotta hate all white people, except the ones that cut your check. You know, it's just it's just all the, these are just the. But but the young lady that was talking about um, guard the door, I guarantee she has a bunch of like all these people that talk like this. They they all have white friends. Like like all their friends are white. Their 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 boyfriends and girlfriends are white. Like they all everybody around them is white, because a normal person wouldn't even like who would think to say white people buy me a white person come here buy me a ticket to go see Black Panther and then go watch the door. Like who would even think that unless you were around some white people that was agreeing to that nonsense? Like nobody would even think to even, you know what I'm saying? So most even the girl that was in the car with the with the purple lips and the and the mean demonic scowl, even her, I guarantee, I guarantee it. She got a girlfriend that's white. She it is somebody white that's a pivotal figure in her life. Because that's what they all do. They they all they all say they hate white people, but if you go into their private life. Everybody that's important to them is white. Even there, they even have a white dog. Like everything in their life is important is going to be white. It's funny you say that because, like, if you look at the politicians that we obviously know are pushing the Marxist agenda, just like BLM, all their husbands or partners are white too. Now, you remember the lady that said the diet don't work for you? The thing, remember her? I don't know what show it was on, but. But but her, 
you know, she she lectures on basically saying that white people are demons. It's the same girl. And she basically says that white people are inherently bad. And, you know, it's your job to become good. And, and the problem with that is, is, okay, so who's determining what's good and bad? Oh, it's black people. But then you got to look at it and say, well, how is that possible if black culture exists? Like, if we're going to be the barometer for whether white people are good or bad, then we can't have black culture because it's just an oxy, it's just a hypocrite. We're hypocrites. It's, it's oxymoron. So, but the same one that said the diet don't work for you the same is the same one that said white people are born demons. So there's this whole movement that really just says that white people are bad innately. And the only way for a white person to be good is literally be a slave to a black person. Meaning that when black people say jump, you all say how, like that's literally, because think about it. What's the other solution? They want you to spend, they want you to pay them. Think about it. They want you to pay them. They want you to acknowledge them. They want you to leave when they come around. Like that sounds like you want a slave. Like just say what it is. Like you want somebody subservient to you. And I, and I challenge anybody. Do you think tomorrow, just just say just tomorrow, just think about everybody black that's in charge of any position right now in, in America. Imagine if they were the only ones in charge. How would America be? If it was Kamala as the president, if it was Cori Bush, if it was like um, Van Jones, if it was Maxine Watts, just imagine if it was all these black leaders who were in charge in America right now, what would the country look like? It would be pure and utter chaos. And when I say this, people say, you a sellout. Well, if you say they'll say that's racist. But tell me, what person from my community in a position of power that's good? Give me one person. Give me one person from my community that is even fighting for freedom in a, in a big position. None. So think about, now, there are some white people that are. There are some Hispanics, there are there even some Asians, but there is none from my community. That tells you everything. You mean to tell me out of all these positions in, in America to have in politics, all these positions to see, none of them are fighting for freedom? None of them are against all these agendas? Just think about it. Kamala, and they're all women. Think about it. If it's not a woman, it's a man that's weak. Van Jones is crying. Slang and snot. We know some good black political leaders, actually. Uh, Derek Gibson from New York. And um, who's the other one I just said? Laverne Spicer. A, a round table of uh, up and coming black leaders that are, you know, conservative freedom fighters, stuff like that. It was, it was great. It was a great show. They're not given necessarily a pedestal by the media, of course. Is, but, 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 but that's my point, though. And I need to clarify that. My point is that they're not any. My point is they won't have the platform. So even if you name all the ones that are great, it's still met with controversy. What I'm saying is the majority accepted black leaders that we have are terrible. I'm talking about the ones that don't have any, like there's no controversy with Kamala, no controversy with Maxine Waters. To us it is, but to the majority of people, they're not. Like there's controversy with even Ben Carson and Herschel Walker, and let's say Joe Collins in California, and Major Williams. Like, there's controversy. Like, these people are, 
Larry Elders. These people are actually, they divide the pack, meaning it's split down the middle. We want them, we don't want them. These other people that have transcended that, like Corey Bush has transcended the, the controversy. The girl that was in Rhode Island, the, the Tara Mack girl that was twerking for votes, she's transcended the controversy. Maxine Warren's transcended. These people have wrote, risen above an argument about who, who, if they should lead or not. Kamala Harris, she's transcended beyond that. Nobody's debating whether she should be leading or not. She's there. Like, so what I'm saying is, if we think about folks that actually have power and influence, think about Jay-Z, think about Beyonce, think about P. Diddy. None of these people are doing any good. Like, literally, they're all, and that's why I talk about the Blatrix, the Boule, these, or, these people are all working for the same people because you it'd be impossible to have all these people and they're all on the same page. So the fact that they're on the same page, let me know that it has to be they're a part of some kind of group, even with BLM. BLM, everything's come out about BLM, people still support it. It's it, Even BLM, with all the money laundering, they're still the average person. Is BLM good? Yes. Is BLM bad? No. So I want to clarify my statement. I don't want to say that we don't have any good black leaders. I, I, tell you that, I apologize for that. I just want to say that I've risen above the controversy. The folks that are above all the arguing and bickering about them or th th that or this, those people are horrible. And most of them are from my community and they have all the influence. No, I definitely understood what you were saying, but then we just wanted to name some people who we thought were, um, you know, the, I think a lot of the problem is, is once they get going, they are met with some kind of controversy. And if they're on the quote unquote wrong side, then whatever comes out about them just crushes them. They're not giving another opportunity. And so I do agree with you about, you know, look at Kamala Harris. Everybody knows she's um, put more black men in prison than anybody else that she's been, you know, that she's got a scandalous you know, as far as, you know, doing dirty things, I'm not going to say what she's, what's come out about that, but, you know, living, living that scandalous lifestyle and being handed things and handed things and handed things. And it's because they're chosen just like everybody else that's in this elitist world. It's about, um, it's about being chosen. Um, that was definitely like, I thought about like running for mayor in my own town, like not long ago and, um, or some kind of like government position. Cause I thought that, that's what I wanted to do. But the more I thought about it, I'm going to be honest, is that I don't think that what I would be able to do in that position is worth the amount of things that I would have to go through in order to get there. And I knew that that would mean that I would have to shape what I was doing and what I was saying to be uh, more conformative. To, you know, to to that world to be able to get there in order to be able to do something. But once you do that, and people think they have something on you, their thumb is on you. And um, I was like, you know what? To me, it's not worth it. I, I really, I couldn't imagine putting myself through that, my daughters through that and things like that as much good as I want to see in the world. But what I can do is make sure that I'm aware of who's running um, you know, in my local elections and things like that, um, because those things matter is being able to support people that are patriots that can do right for the community that 
you're given the opportunity um, to provide transparency and things like that. When you are for the people or of the people, you will answer to the people. You're not going to have this entire um, collective group be able to get you somewhere. However, that's on the patriot side of things because we believe in accountability when it comes to Democrats being elected, even though they promise all these things to the people and they finally get where they are, Democrats are not going to hold them accountable. And as far as, um, you know, even when it comes to any Democrat leader, doesn't matter what what color they are, it's because the left ac lacks accountability, that victim mentality and things like that. Um, there's not going to be any, any follow through. There's not going to be any repercussions for the things. If we're accepting people as cats, what hope do we have? What hope do we have that you're going to elect a governor and expect them to be a good governor? Let's elect a new mayor. And then the mayor identifies as the sheriff. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You have to be clear on what your identity is and what your job and your rules are. So I definitely did agree with you um, on that. I wasn't trying to call you out saying like, look, Blanche, you're a sellout. Just say it. Like Obama's for the snake bite. Biden's for the snake bite. Trump's for the snake bite. Bush is for the snake bite, Clinton for the snake bite. Everybody in charge is for the snake bite. So to me, that's the most important issue on the table because it segues for human enslavement. So at the end of the day, all these people are working for the same peoples, entities, whatever you, persons, devil, bloodline, I don't know, whoever, lizards. Whoever they are, they work aliens, whoever they're working for, they're all working for them. And how do we know this? Because they're all on board with this jab. We all know this jab means tyranny. That's it. It don't mean nothing else but your rights hinging upon an injection. But I did notice that this whole vaccine campaign would have been destroyed had black people got out and said, it was racist. Had black folks took to the streets like they did for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and black folks said, this vaccine is racist. Had we had said that and went out to the streets and tore stuff up and did all this stuff, this vaccine would have never took off. Never. It would have never took off. So I partially blame us for it because the one moment it was literally all the white people telling you to do something. It was Bill Gates. It was Klaus Schwab. It was Fauci. It was by everybody white, but telling you to do something. So we should have been out in the streets saying this is wrong. Tuskegee experiments, medical apartheid and the medical, like all, we had every reason to go out in the streets and, and protest in, in March and we didn't. So that let me know that everything we had been talking up to this point was all a lie. And that's when I really realized that none of this stuff was real because there's no way a bunch of white people that y'all say are oppressing you can get on TV and say, you better do this or else. And you all don't call it racist. Completely right. There was a big part of me that that was hoping that would happen because of everything. Um, and then at that point, at the point of the vaccine coming out and then talking about mandating and things like that, like black people had the floor. They had the floor at that point. You now have the entire world looking at what do black people want? And they didn't say a damn thing.
I think that is also attributed to the the propaganda because of like, oh, you know, there's like the white truthers, which a lot of them are, you know, are telling you that this is dangerous. A lot of the truthers are Trump supporters. And so if you agree with them, then you are a Trump supporter, aka white supremacist, even if you're black hispanic asian it doesn't matter right i think that if i was actually black I, the last thing i'd be worried about was being a white supremacist well you know i mean just like going back to what we we're talking about before with the the politics that are few and far between that are black that are running that are people of god standing up for the right thing they have you know they get attacked mm -hmm. you know so yeah that, uh, that one lady, Laverne, or whatever, when I was looking at her Twitter, some of the things that people were saying to her um, was just, like, wild. And I, when I see comments like that, I'm just like, I feel bad. I'm like, I'm sorry that people talk to you like that because they're stupid. It's a reflection about how they feel about themselves. It actually has absolutely nothing to do with you, which actually brings me to my uh, next, the next thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, like just on Instagram, for instance, I know you're battling like constant censorship, um, very long emotional comments <laughs> on some of your videos being called names like sellout, uh, I think bootlicker or whatever it is they call Uncle you. Tom. Uncle Tom, which I don't think that that's, that's not very nice at all. But I wanted to know, do you think that like the time, the effort and energy you put into putting all of this together, like does the good outweigh the bad? It absolutely does. Um, and you forgot, you forgot Coon, but it, 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 it absolutely does. Um, I, I'm going to say this again. So on judgment day, the reason why folks will be judged is because they would have known the truth. So people like myself and you all, you're telling the truth. It's not your job to make these people accept it. It's your job to tell it. So I just feel like I'm going to tell the truth and it's your job to receive it because on judgment day, you're going to get in front of God and you're going to say, well, white people, every white person that I ever saw in my whole life, they all lied to me. They were against me. Then God's going to say, roll the tape. And it's going to have two sisters on there breaking all this stuff down, <laughs> word for word, piece by piece. And they're going to look and they're going to say, is that you listening to them? That's not fair. They so I just know what's going to happen. And this is why the truth is so important, because the truth, when you tell it, you, 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 make, you make God's word come true. Because now nobody has an excuse. And to me, that's just the beauty of it is nobody has an excuse um, when, it, when, it's, when, it, when it be on judgment day. When judgment day comes, you're going to say you, you, knew, you knew the truth. And so to me, I get DMs. I get people telling me I helped them out a lot. I see people in real life that tell me, you know, you changed my perspective. Um, it, it, it's crazy when I'm just, you know, just out and about and people come up to me and like, you know, are you Blanchard? Are you, you just, oh, I love your... Like, are, are you afraid for your life? I'd be like, huh? I start thinking like afraid for my life. I said, what are y'all, what videos y'all watching? Like people always ask me, am I afraid for my life? And I'm like, I get kind of scared. Like, wait a minute, y'all know something I don't know? Is the feds really watching? But I get it. But I believe that 
what we are doing is doing good because most people are double-minded and that means that most folks are on the fence. Double-minded means you just straddle, you're going back and forth. So if a person's on the fence, there's still hope for them to tip over to the right side and not right side literally, but just the side of just want to be accountable. Like you said earlier, left accountable, right accountable. And to me, that's really what it boils down to those that want to be accountable and those that don't. So I do believe that the bad outweighs the good. And most folks that call me sell out, coon, bootlicker, Uncle Tom. Well, Uncle Tom's actually a hero, but there's people don't read. But um, they really don't mean it. What they're really saying is, I'm frustrated because you're making me make a decision. You're telling me the truth, and I gotta make it. I gotta make a. I gotta change my life now. And so, what you all don't realize is that when we speak, because we're telling the truth, people go home at night. And they don't have a, a a sleep a sleepful night. They go home and they toss and turn because the propaganda doesn't keep them up at night. The lies keep them up. The truth keeps them up at night. It ain't it ain't the lies. You think Trevor Noah's or what what Trevor Noah said or what Biden said or what Kamala said keep no. It's what you all said keep them up at night because what you all said can penetrate through all that BS. Think about it. Nobody's convicted by this propaganda. Nobody. Folks are convicted to fight against the truth. That's something different. So at the end of the day, that's what is going to change everything is the truth. That's why they want to tell you that a man is a woman and a woman is a man and a, and a child eventually can make their own choices and a child can identify as an adult. All this nonsense is we're all leading to is because they got to silence the truth. God doesn't care about your feelings. When I understand what you're saying about he doesn't, when God is telling you to do something or guiding you to do something, he doesn't care how you feel about it, about doing it. And typically when something comes from God, it's not something you necessarily want to do. And I think majority of the time when you talk to people that have received messages from God, it's almost always something you don't want to do. God does care about your feelings. I'm talking about from the fatherly perspective and that um, he wants that relationship with you. And so when you do have emotions, because we have emotions, we're not supposed to be emotional basket cases, but we do have emotions and feelings about things. And we do have to go through the steps to process those feelings to be able to hear what God is saying. So what I was saying, God cares about your feelings when you're having a hard time with something about crying out to God because that's that ideal relationship with your father. When you think about your on earth, you know, father and child, that he wants that relationship with you. And even though he knows how you feel, he would rather you express it to him and come to him in prayer for guidance and all of those things rather than to one, we can't tell people not to feel things. We can't tell, and then I don't think that it's also fair to say to tell people that God doesn't care about their feelings. Is that to encourage them to relinquish those feelings to God? I mean, yeah, you know, I I agree with that. Um, I use words like God doesn't care about your feelings. Um, I'm mainly talking about excuses. And so at the end of the day, um, most of our excuses come from emotions. It's, you know, most people think that love 
Tina Turner said that love was a secondhand emotion, but love isn't an emotion. Love isn't an emotion, though. So because if it was an emotion, then it wouldn't stand the test of time. It'd be here today and going tomorrow. True love is not an emotion. It's a choice. And so when I say that God doesn't care about your feelings, I'm talking about your emotions when it comes to what you have to do. So, you know, God chose to love us. It's not that God want to or didn't want to. It was a choice. I choose to do it. And I think that, of course, we have feelings. We get upset. We get angry and all these things. And God don't want us miserable. But at the same time, I believe that God's trying to get us to the point where we understand that what's going on is bigger than what we feel. And most folks have a problem with letting their feelings go. So, for example, um, me me being upset with Katie, right? But I still support her podcast. I still um, show her love. I still, you know, give her encouragement. Like, so what I'm saying is how I feel about Katie doesn't determine how I treat her not even how I view her, how I feel about Katie is irrelevant because it doesn't change any kind of interaction I have with her. So even though God thinks that people are despicable and vile and disgusting, God still loves. So what I'm, what I'm saying is when it comes to, but even God not caring about our feelings is good and bad. So even when we say we hate God, God still loves us. Like, so, I, so what I'm saying is my whole point to make that statement is, not to say that God don't just care about how you feel about anything. It's just that how you feel won't be a determining factor, meaning it's not going to determine how I speak to you or give you instructions. And it's not going to give you an excuse not to do it when I give you the instructions. So in other words, just no excuses when it comes to our emotions. And like David, David would cry out to God all the time, you know, get naked, lay prostrate and cry out to God, you know, there's one verse where David said, I can even go to hell and I know you'll be there with me. Like, yeah, but David, you ain't got to do all that if you just obedient in the first place. So it, it, it's just, but again, David dealt with emotions. David dealt with emotions taking the form and the actions. What I'm saying is how I feel about Katie shouldn't determine how I treat Katie. It shouldn't be because she got on my nerves this morning that I say I'm going to have an attitude with her all day. So when she called me and she needs me, I'm saying I ain't going to answer the phone because I'm mad. That's emotional. Non-emotional is if I really love Katie, I pick the phone up because I love her. I don't want to do it, but love makes me do it and give her sound advice and be there if I can help her. So at the end of the day, this is what people are missing. This is how God operates. God is, the Bible said God is jealous vengeful god even hates but those emotions that god has doesn't change how god feels about us how god treats us it's, it's still the same so that's that's a test for us to say we can be angry upset mad depressed all these emotions but it should not change how we treat each other i'm still required to love you whether i like you or not so whether you get on my nerves or anything, I'm supposed to love you. And so to me, love doesn't give you an excuse. You love regardless.
I do completely agree. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm very thankful that just again to, I mean, I get thanks for that every day to be able to have the opportunity to be free and to choose to read the Bible and to listen to God and to really understand uh, what what true what real love is and that it does come from God and that it's not emotional and and all of those things. Um, I think uh, when I just look at when I look at like the story like David, I agree, like you don't need to be doing all of this. You know, it's very dramatic. It's it's way too dramatic a lot of times. But I think um, just like everything else that we do get out of the Bible, it's giving us an example of what we could be and how we really should react and handle those situations. And so, yeah. You know, I had someone get mad at me because I was talking about Solomon, <clears throat> but the Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man ever, right? He actually prayed to God for wisdom, but he didn't pray for God. He didn't pray to God for character because God can't give him character. He has to do that on his own. So what you see the story of Solomon is Solomon had everything he could have wanted in life, women, riches, everything. And he still chose to not just disobey God. He didn't just disobey God. No, he literally was worshiping a false God that requires child sacrifice, building a shrine to it. So you got to ask yourself, what manner of man would literally have communication with God? Because God visited Solomon twice, told him to stop. What man would have communication with God and still choose to disrespect God like that? And it's, I'll tell you, an emotional one. So at the end of the day, you don't follow God because you feel like doing it. You follow God because it's the right thing to do. I don't love the Louisiana sister squad because, because God, but love, that's why I said, love is a choice. And so at the end of the day, if we realize that if you choose the love, you can't choose the love and then say, I'm going to pick and choose how I'm going to love. Now you're going to love. That's what love, love. There's no, no, you either love or you don't. So either I'm going to love you or I don't love you. So, I made my mind, I said, I'm going to love everybody on the planet. Every year, you know, every year I forgive everybody. I said, I give everybody a clean slate every year. I give everybody a clean slate every year. They don't even know it. I forgive everybody. I give everybody a new slate. And you know what? Most people don't even know I didn't forgive them for everything. And they still come back and do something stupid the next year. So guess what I realized? It's never going to stop. So if it's never going to stop, then... I don't even worry about it. I just keep doing the same thing. So, yeah. So person got mad at me about Solomon, but I told them that what Solomon did is what we all do, is that we know God is real, even the atheists. We know all this stuff, but we, in the back of our mind, we say we're not worthy enough for God to love us. So what we do is we prove ourselves to be un more unworthy. So Solomon was like, why did God give me all this favor? I don't deserve it. Let me go ahead and double down on why I don't deserve it. Not even trying to prove to God I, I am who you said I am. Most folks double down on the decadence. What I'm saying is 
No, part of God loving us is of lo us loving ourselves. So you can't love God if you don't love yourself. And most people skip over the self-love part and go to the loving God part. Well, that's what you're going to mess up. You got to love yourself first. Why? Because God made you. So how are you going to appreciate and love God? You don't love what God made. So all this stuff goes back to loving yourself. And that goes to Solomon. That goes to David. That goes to us. That we got to learn to love ourselves. And how do we love ourselves? How? By how we do what? How we not only treat ourselves, but how we treat everybody else. So David sending a man into battle because so, he want his wife is crazy. You killed this man because you want his wife? It's, it's just the concept is nuts. But guess what? That's the guy after God's own heart. So you got to understand that the reason why God loves us so much is because we are prone to sin. Think about it. It ain't love if you do everything I want you to do. It ain't hard loving somebody that does everything you want, that's going to pay for everything, that's going to treat you right, that's going to always have a smile on their face. It's easy to love that person. But what is real love? Real love is loving without condition, loving at all costs, loving when it hurts, loving when you don't want to, loving when you don't deserve it. So my thing is, when I tell y'all that I love y'all, I really mean it, though, meaning that I'm not going to ever let my personal feelings about anybody getting away the love. I, I don't. A person right now is mad at me right now, but guess what? They can call me right now and I ain't going to have no problem with them. Because at the end of the day, I realize it's, it's bigger than what even I want because it ain't about me. It's about what God wants. And so how God views the world, that's how we got to view the world. And you know, we all got, we got to love everybody in the world. So when I talk about emotions, emotions keep us from doing that. I didn't say for us not to feel with our heart. I'm saying we can let it be an excuse. We got to love at all costs. That means on judgment day, there's going to be some slave masters that's going to go to heaven. And there's going to be some slaves going to hell. Blanche, how could you say that? Because that's how it works. It's not about how you feel. It's about what's right. So at the end of the day, what's right is for us to love with no excuses. So when God asks us to do something, we do it. Not because we're afraid. We ain't got to fear God. We ain't got to tremble at the thunder and lightning of God's voice. No, we're going to do it, Lord. It's the right thing to do. That means I don't need a mansion in heaven and I don't need a threat of damnation. I'm going to do what you said do. If you had one minute to speak to the entire world, what would you say? And that's a great question. I would tell dear people of the world, just do me a favor. Just go through your entire life. Look back on your life. And honestly tell me, did you give it 110% effort? Did you try your hardest in your life? Did you give it all you had? And I think if you all look back on life, you'll see that you didn't. And because you didn't, that's why you are where you are today. But the beauty of it is <clears throat> you can change that. All you got to do is give yourself the best chance. And that is by giving yourself 110% effort to God, yourself, 
your family, your friends, the environment, the animals, the earth, everything. Give everything your best, and I guarantee you will have the best outcome. Thank you so much for that answer. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like we covered we covered a lot. We got to know um, more about you today. Is there anything that you would like our guests to know in closing, or is there anything that we didn't get the chance to talk about that you would like to? Um, I would want to say that anybody listening to this podcast, um, please support these two young ladies um, for what they're doing. It takes courage to be courageous. It takes character. And they could have given up a long time ago, but they didn't. So you all should honor them by helping them push this platform because this is what we need. And I'm just honored to be here. It's a blessing for me to be around people that are like-minded and also doing the work. So I'm just thankful to be here. So I would tell anyone to support these two young ladies in not just this podcast, but merchandise, their um, efforts outside in the community, everywhere, because this is what we need. Um, yeah, and that's, that, that's it. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank Thanks you. For, thanks for making that about us. I know every like whenever we get together with people, we get the truth train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform Telegram for live chats and Q and A with our guests. Hope to see you there. Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.